the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Cardinal rule. Adjust your microphone before you get on air. Where did that come from? The old cardinal rule. Let's see if we got you on microphone now. I think uh, it's a different meaning of the term cardinal. Okay. Yeah. It's one of the like, uh, cardinal points of uh, the compass. The cardinal point is like north, south, east, west. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. But it doesn't have to do with the red bird. Gotcha. Nor does it have to do with a religion? Uh, no, or a guy wearing a red. Okay. Yeah. I'm good red that. frock. Good to know these things. Um, that's Will Durst, as you can obviously tell. And uh, I'm on the Rob Black Show. Once a year, I allow a, no- a non-financial person in my world. Um, you're my only recurring non-financial guest. Once a year? Once a year. I'm an annual. You're, you're an annual. So, and you're here typically to you know plug some of your events, but also to wrap up the year on a political kiss-off kind of basis. It was an interesting year. Okay. Yeah. We'll start there. Don't um, you think it was an interesting year? See, I live in the world of finance. So everything I see politically, the way you see it, you see it as kind of a, um, not humor, but you see it kind of as like a reflection of society or something. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Everything I see is financial. So when I see things like, President Barack Obama opening up relationships with Cuba. I'm like, ooh, the cost of baseball players is going to go down. Um, because and Cuba's and GM's going to do really well because they're going to replace all those 1959 Fords. Right. Yeah. So um, down there. there's thoughts like that. And then there's mutual funds, ones called Cuba, that has taken off on an unreasonable basis. You know, this, you know, the mutual funds up 10% in two days based on, yeah, we're opening up relationships with Cuba, but it's not a mutual fund that's tied to Cuba only. It's tied towards the Caribbean, but it's got a cute little ticker symbol, Cuba. And I look at everything financially, so I, I'm I'm not so, really sure. So the market went up 450 points yesterday. Wasn't that amazing? How did that happen? Um, All because, because the Fed said that it's going to keep interest rates low? The very sexy Janet Yellen, who looks kind of like the Pillsbury Doughboy's wife, <laughs> um, and is about as interesting as milk toast. Um yeah, she basically said, you know, there's no inflation, which is a good thing. 
for or there's low inflation, which is a good thing. Um, it's kind of Goldilocksian, and the rest of the world sucks. So what Putin's doing in Europe has got people freaked out. It's slowing down the European economies and uh, and the Russian economy and the Russian economy, um, which isn't that big of an economy at this point in time. So um, it's all it's all gas and oil, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and when oil's at 100 bucks a barrel, Putin's a big man, big strong man. When oil's at 60 bucks a barrel, Putin's not so much. So, is this not just OPEC uh, getting their act together and uh, creating a glut, but are we also punishing Putin? I think it is punishment of Putin. I think it's a stealth policy. But um, on top of that, you know, America's been fracking for the last two or three years pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the world slowed down. Um, we're also changing our miles per gallon on gasoline cars, and you know we're just consuming less. People under 35 typically don't own cars. Um, you know, they're, it's a ride-sharing relationship now. You've seen in San Francisco, Lyft and Uber. And That'll be fine until they get married, and they want to move to the suburbs because they want a three-bedroom ranch, and they'll have to have cars. I hear you. So, but at this point in time, a lot of them are still living at mom and dad's house, right, Brandon? <laughs> just get it. Or, or in the new high-rise condos in San Francisco. Aren't those amazing? Wow. You come over the bridge, man, and there's six cranes right there. Boom. Yeah. Six. And, uh, you know, in the suburbs, we say, like, an old lady dies and a family of four moves in. But you look – I drove through San Francisco yesterday because my television station's changing locations. Uh, we're moving to Battery Street, which is uh, – Front Street, which is down by the piers. Are, I was, you, are you moving into KGO or KPIX? KPIX. Uh, it's KGO's old radio station that we're, we moved into. Um, and it's lovely, and it's it's beautiful, and it's bright, and it's Oh, unlike, on Front Street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's unlike the crap hole that we were working at on Van Ness, which was right across from the Tenderloin. I was like, ooh, look at high-rises. Look, good-looking people. Um, and you can see the ferry building yes. and the water and yeah. the bridge. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous there. So, But you're right. Um, those are micro-apartments that are going in. Um, 400 square feet. Can you imagine living in 400 square feet? Yeah. Some prisoners live in... No, I lived in 400 square feet. Have you lived in 400 square feet? Yeah. When did you do that? I live in 1,000 square feet right now. Our, our house is 1,050 square feet. Okay. We live in the Sunset District of San Francisco. That is pretty small. Which is uh, kind of... We don't live in the city of San Francisco. We live in the county of San Francisco. Yeah. Which confuses people because San Francisco is a city and county of San Francisco. Shouldn't the Sunset District be called, like, the cold and foggy district? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can never see the damn sunset then, from the sunset. Non-sunshine. Might as well be called the Unicorn District. Actually. How long have you been there? 30 years. Okay. So you must have got your place for, what, like $5? We bought right before the earthquake. Okay. We bought in 89. So we've been in this house 25. Well, uh, May of 89, and then the earthquake, and that's when property values were their highest, and interest rates were incredible. And because I'm a comic, you know, you try writing that down on a mortgage application. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. And so we had to put 20% down. But once they heard that I could put 20% down, they were much more amenable. And then our, our uh, realtor just kind of fudged a couple of statistics, you know, what my annual income was, how much I had in the bank, and, and we got a loan. So you're part of but the it, was a, it was an adjustable loan, so I think we were paying 14% yeah. for the first couple of years. And as it adjusted lower, you were thrilled. Yes. Your mortgage payment check yes. more down. Have you refinanced it? Yes, many times. Okay. Yeah. So is that your biggest chunk of change? Yeah. 
Yeah. I would think so. It was 325 in 89. Wow. And then after the earthquake, square feet. after the earthquake, it dropped, right? Yeah, yeah, for seven, it, about seven years. Yeah, property values. Because everybody ran away. Oh, I can't live here. I got to go back where it's safe, like in Tornado Alley. So they all ran away. Uh, and you're right. And 97 was when we got our equity back. Right. And then 97, 98, 99, 2000, boom. huge boom. And then 2002, of course, boom, back down. Hmm. And then 2006, back up. And then 2008, back down. And then now the Twitter heads are making San Francisco. I have a friend whose son works at Apple, and uh, he got a brand new place on Van Ness. On Van Ness. Okay. 1,200 square feet for $1.2 million. Wow. $1,000 a square feet. Lovely. <laughs> so, with that said, I'm speaking with Will Durst. That's me. That's him. Uh, he's got a website, willdurst.com. He's got a big end of the year fat. Big year, fat year end kiss off comedy show. This is the 22nd one. 22nd one. We're coming near you. And what's the basic idea here? It's you and four or five other comics putting together kind of a touring show? You know what it is? Yes. Uh, New Year's Eve is always uh, uh, the, the creme de la creme for comedy. I mean, you want to be out because you get a great crowd, willing to pay a lot of money. But we hate – there's so much comedy in San Francisco. So we bring the New Year's Eve experience to – to you, we're doing nine different cities, Livermore, Walnut Creek, Berkeley, Alameda, uh, Novato, yeah, Mill Valley, Half Moon Bay, and uh, so, we're, so we're doing uh, all Martinez. We're doing Martinez for the first time this year. Okay. We're doing nine cities, uh, ten shows, six comics from December 26th through January 3rd. Uh, so we're coming to you. You can sign up for the event or find out more buy about tickets. the event. Yeah, com. That's D-U-R-S-T dot com. It's willdurst.com. He comes in every year and he talks political stories with me. It kind of wraps up the whole year. It's kind of a, a nice break, to say the least. com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220. KDOW. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, (laughs) money investing, and more. Sitting with Will Durst, one of my favorite people, fantastic comedian. Um, We were talking about during the break, you know, getting older. And I've known Will since the late 80s, early 90s. Mm -hmm. You're a comedian with some staying power, which is tough. Yeah, they actually did a, a movie about us. What was this? Movie? It's called uh, Three Still Standing, and it's making the it's going around the uh, festival circuit right now. It hasn't been uh, picked up by a distributor yet. We're looking for one, but it's about three comics okay. who started out in the early '80s. Okay. You know when the comedy boom hit, and uh, we didn't become famous, but we're still doing it. And we didn't move to LA. That's pretty much 
you know, I mean, a, a lot of different things happened to us. But the the one consistent thing that binds us together is we didn't move to L.A. And it's, and the, it's me, uh, Johnny Steele, and uh, Larry Bubbles Brown. And the movie has uh, interviews with the comics who did make it, who did move to L.A. I mean, there's Robin is in it, and Paula Poundstone, and Rob Schneider, 3stillstanding.com. What's interesting about that is um, you basically have to go to L.A. to further your career. Yeah. Same thing with me. In financial media, you know, I have an agent, and I'm like, okay, I've got a pretty good gig at Cron. If you could find me something better, I'll take it. And she Would says, you move? No. That's the thing. I, went, I won't go to Sacramento, and I won't go to L.A. I just, it's not my thing. <laughs> so I'm like, find me something wow. better. Can, can CNN do a show from San Francisco? No. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm stuck here in San Francisco. Yeah, the, the thing that you can do What's that? is you can move to L.A. and then become so rich and famous that you can move back to San Francisco and they'll follow you because they want you so bad. Yeah. That's what Robin did. That's what Robin did. Okay. Speaking of Robin, you're talking Robin Williams. I'm so, yeah, yeah. So that has to be this, one of the stories of the year in comedy. That's uh, a sad story. story. He was the number one Google search or some sort of search this year. Yeah. After his death. Yeah. Well, my, my wife, Debbie, who's a comedian as well, she's an improviser. She, she actually worked with Robin. You know, when he was just starting out in the city. Uh, so she knew him when he was the funniest guy in the room before he was the funniest guy on the planet. You know, so I was always Debbie's husband. You know, I was never, oh, Mr. Durst. Oh, and that was about it. And then she and he would go over and, you know, talk about the old days and stuff. Yeah, it's his death has to be, from my perspective, it's a reflection of, you know, everything that's wrong with the Internet. People wanted to see pictures. People wanted to talk about it on Twitter. People wanted to disclose the news. And uh, the amount of tweets that went out about how sad they were, yeah. celebrities jumping on the bandwagon, yeah. like who you'd never hear from. It was obviously a very moving and um, powerful story. So many factors, too. Also, every comedian in the country had a picture of them with Robin Williams. So on Facebook, everybody changed their pictures. And that... that that has to do with who Robin was. You know, Chris Mullen was famously a gym rat. You know, he would always hang out. Robin was a club rat. I mean, he would show up at, when he was doing a movie in North Carolina. At, at night, he would, he would go to Charlie Goodnight's in Raleigh, and he would, he would do a couple of sets at night, no matter where. He would find a, a comedy club, and he always got his picture taken with every comedian. Every comedian in the world had a picture taken with Robin. One of the most gracious... Gentle, generous, giving, yeah. Do you typically find that with comedians? No, no. And it's funny because, you know, he was the guy, it turns out, that had a little bit of depression. And we didn't know because he hit it so well. And most comics are, and I hate to say, uh, most comics have a little touch of Asperger's disease, you know, where they're not good in social situations. But... But but alone on stage, they can do it. You know, I mean, they summon all the forces that they need and and the courage. But uh, they're shy. A lot of comics are shy. Now there's a lot of comics who who just gravitate towards the stage because they just have big personalities. You know, and they have big personalities with their family, with their friends in class. You know, so it's all different. But. Which were you? Were you more on the shy type? I was, still am. Yeah. Well, part of that 
has to do with the fact that I was always the new kid. My parents moved around, baby boomers, new school systems. I went to 12 different schools before I graduated from high school. So I was always a new kid. I lived in 16 places by the time I was 18. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Military brat. Yeah. You were always a new kid, but you were with other military brats, so at least they understood it. It was kind of nice for me because anytime you had made a mistake, it was wiped away the following yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You could change it, yeah. So, like, if, for instance, you crapped your pants in school, <laughs> no one knows that it's Rob the Crapper. Uh, <laughs> you know, that story's gone the following year. It's, it's kind of Have intercourse with one duck. <laughs> <laughs> careful here. <laughs> careful. <laughs> I got a suspended for a day for using the uh, Lord's name in vain here. Uh, so, uh, just throwing it out there. And I was doing a character... Which was even the worst part about it. It wasn't like I said GD intentionally to say it. Um, but the character was intrinsic. It's, you know, I, one of the things I hate in the world of finance is how much garbage product is sold to people who are farmers in the middle of the country. Like, I, And then the character was like, GD, I want me some of that Twitter kind of thing. Not knowing what Twitter is. You're on a tractor all day long. And, yeah, I got suspended for that. Yes, well, you should have. And here's the best part about it. My boss wrote it down. What I said and the time, and he wouldn't dare say it to me. Oh. He slid the note across the table to me, and I was like, "Yep, I said that." And he's like, "I got to take you off the air for a day." So anyway, not all about me. You've got some big shows coming up to close out the oh. end of the year, <laughs> and you're going to come see one of them this year. Yeah, um, let's see which one I'm going to come to. Where's Martinez? Why do uh, I not know that? East Bay. Across the street from Benicia. Did he say street or straight? Straight. Yeah. Yeah. Straight. <laughs> no one can hear him. That's the best part about that. Oh, oh so. yeah, yeah. It's across the straight. Or I per- thought he said across the street from Benicia, and I kind of like that. You know? Why not San Francisco on this list? A lot of comedy in San Francisco. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. New Year's Eve. Oh, man. You have so many choices. Are you starting late this year? December 26th. I thought you started. No, late. we always start December 26th. Sometimes we do a preview week. Okay. Yeah. I think we remember last year's. So yeah, on the yeah. 23rd. That's so. right. You're going from uh, December 26th in Livermore, December 27th in Walnut Creek, December 28th in Berkeley, 29th in Novato, 30th in Martinez, 31st couple shows in San Jose, uh, 1st of January, Mill Valley, 2nd of January, Half Moon Bay, 3rd in Alameda. You can find out more information at willdurst.com. That's willdurst.com. He brings a whole troupe. Is this like more improv? Is it more stand-up comedy? Which way does it skew? It skits, sketches, and stand-up. So uh, we'll do a sketch about Uber. Okay. And uh, and then, because uh, Johnny Steele's in the show, he'll do stand-up. I'll do stand-up, based on the year. Um, uh, Deb and Mike will do improv, based on the year. And then we have, we're doing um, voice messages, you know. Oh, nice. Uh, answering machine messages in between uh, the, you know, two acts. We'll do an offstage mic, like Bill Cosby's answering machine. <laughs> oh, we got that to come up back to Never take a bill, drink from Bill. So, <laughs> that's my advice. We're pudding. We're going to take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find out more about his shows coming up at willdurst.com. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW.
You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Sitting down with friend, comedian, Will Durst. Very funny man. I always enjoy his approach. We've got a guy at the station who's a kind of a fan of yours. Ah. He's like kind of a crazy fan of yours. Like he Uh-oh. quotes you. I can't quote him. Quotes so me? He quotes you. Like he's, he's on your Facebook. And he, you're pretty active with your social media. Uh, I go through spurts. Okay. Yeah. So, so much going on these days because we're trying to promote uh, various gigs and stuff. So I haven't been. But I usually, what I try to do with Facebook and Twitter and Who Do You Do and blah, blah, is I try to put out two pieces of content for every plug that I throw in there. Okay. Because I don't want to be too plug heavy. So I, I actually worry about, you know, the ratio if it's, you know. And everybody, I know that I'm involved, like, um, we used to do a morning show, me and the mayor, uh, Willie Brown. Right. It was called the Will and Willie Show. So we do a podcast once in a while. So the guy who produces it said, I want you to promote it. You know, we're doing a podcast, and I want you to promote But I, I can't do that to my people. I can't just keep hitting them over the head with, with the stuff. So I worry about that. I'm, I know you're not going to say anything negative, but what was Willie Brown, or what is Willie Brown like? He is so smooth. Yeah, my joke about Willie is uh, he's the only politician I know can enter a revolving door behind you and come out first. And the thing that I love about Willie is that he will not lie. Yeah. He will tell you the truth or he will just turn away and not answer you. I mean, but he won't. And and he never put anything in the email because that's a paper trail. Right. So everything is smart. a phone message. Yeah, he's never done email. Yeah, very yeah. smart. There's a company that Mark Cuban invested in called Cyberdust, which basically you get the email and then it disappears. Kind of like Snapchat, where you can send a naughty yeah, picture yeah. and it disappears. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with an email. And uh, what recently happened to Sony, Act of War, not an Act of War. Uh, Fox News is calling it an Act of War. It's, uh, it's, it was a movie, man. Dude, settle down. It's a movie. I mean, really? Seriously? And Sony caving and, in and the government not helping and... You know, keep in mind the North Koreans do movies all the time where they blow up America. So they've got propaganda movies where they're blowing up San Francisco. And like, of course, no one sees it except for people inside of North Korea. But according North Koreans must think the world's gone because they're such a powerful nation. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that regime plays is, out. And this is going to embolden them, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it pays. If you don't like something, and hack it, it. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Everybody else can do it, too. You know, Vietnam can do it. Uh, Russia can do it. The Ukraine can do it. Very quickly, our president and our Congress is going to have to come up with some sort of guidelines of what is an act of war and what's not. Because they did $200 million damage to Sony. And that's kind of like taking out a building in New York. Same same concept, in my opinion. So, anyway, we're not going to get... economic loss, too. We're not going to get too serious. And poor Seth this. Rogen and uh, James Franco. I'm not feeling bad for Seth Rogen. <laughs> Why not? Um, and maybe my producer can get this on YouTube. Seth Rogen, there's a laugh track. Uh, basically, Seth Rogen laughing. Um, he's just got this great stoner laugh. <laughs> and it's authentic. It doesn't oh, it's sound terrible. forced. It's it doesn't awesome. sound forced. But nothing's you... worse than a forced laugh. Okay, I've worked my butt off. I've probably done some things that are unspeakable. There's probably some bodies that are to be found. And I make it a good career. 
The dude smokes a lot of dope. <laughs> He's got a fantastic career. He's famous for smoking dope. <laughs> I would kill for that j- job. But um, uh, you're speaking about Willie Brown. We got off topic. What do you think about the death of Marion Barry this year? Greatest mayor of all time, Washington, D.C. <laughs> mayor for life. Could have been, yeah. I used to live in Washington, D.C. when he had his kind of run on terror. So he was fantastic. Yeah, where, where the, he, was, uh, he was pulled out of office, and then he ran again, and they put him back in. This city just, he decided to give him another crack at it. It's another crack at it. So and then that goes to the Toronto mayor, too. What's up with mayors and crack cocaine? My favorite thing about Rob Ford was he said he did it. Uh, he, yes, he smoked crack. It was probably during, and I quote, one of my drunken stupors. <laughs> <laughs> stupors, plural. <laughs> With that said, he's still kind of electable. People it's, love him. It's Toronto. I guess yeah. they like they like the fact that he was down to earth, and then he became, you know, he became a, a little bit too much of a. Uh, shall we say a burden to the city as as its self image when when he ran down and he knocked that lady over, I think that was the final straw. It'll be fun, like I said, to watch this play out, um, whether it's North Korea or whether it's Rob Ford, whether it's politics, whether it's uh, Mayor Barry finally dying. Uh, he was the mayor for life and got caught in a hotel room with a prostitute smoking crack cocaine on camera, and as he's being arrested, he goes the BITC. Set me up. And that was on the news for like 10 days in a row. The, the, yeah, that the word. Witch, the witch set me up. Yeah. The witch set me up. Um, what part of setup is there? Like, you know, the, was it the prostitute setup? Was it the crack cocaine? <laughs> he never answered that. Was it cheating on your wife? Which part Yeah. Which part was the was the, the, the bait? But anyway, big fat year in Kiss Off Comedy Show. 12 shows? No, no, no. Ten shows. Ten shows, nine days. Yeah. And two shows on New Year's Eve in San Jose. So the San Jose, the stage company. This is a good time for it. It's a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a good time for comedy. I mean, it was, uh, uh, I mean, it was ISIS and Ebola and and Malaysian airliners and torture and and there was so much this year. And and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to laugh at. Let's, let's talk about torture for a second. Well, let's – all right. Um, Dick Cheney. Story broke that Dick Cheney was the only one who knew about the torture in the CIA. George Bush wasn't involved the first four years. Cheney's now denied that. Um, does that scare you a little bit? Like the way the news – the way the CIA is operating, it doesn't seem to be uniform. It doesn't seem to be involved with the you know the uh, parts of government that it should be involved with. It seems to be an isolated entity. You know what scares me is that we all thought that Cheney was running things and that Bush was like a, a hand puppet, you know. And it turns out it, we might have been really close to right uh, that it, Cheney might have been running things. I mean, when you say it, oh, you know, Bush is just a puppet. He's just, uh, you know, Cheney's controlling everything. I mean, when you think of it, Bush put Cheney in charge of the vice presidential search committee, and then he ended up with the gig. Yeah, I looked around. Uh, best guy for the job is me. <laughs> you did, so you might did. have been what happened. And then Bush stood up to him second term, and Cheney was all ticked off uh, about it. You, know? you do kind of miss him, don't you, George W.? Well, Obama is so uh, earnest, and it's hard. It's hard to mock earnest. You know, it's it's like kicking a puppy, especially since he's he's. 
he he doesn't know how to move the intransigence of the Republicans, and he hasn't figured out a way. And, you know, the Republicans were, were going to do this, whoever won. You know, it wasn't him. And the fact that he was a black guy just happened to work into some other racist strategy that pulled a lot more people who might have been on the fence into their camp. So, yeah. and, uh, and Obama, you know, Obama leadership skills. It's like, say, George W. Bush think tank. One of the things that I thought about Obama's presidency was, and it's starting to wrap up at this point in time. Yeah, he's a lame duck. He's, he's very much a lame duck. And it seems like he, Beyond was, lame duck. he kind of got caught between like the powerful Democrats and the powerful Republicans. And they just kind of pushed him around, it seems. like He had a great agenda. He had some great ideas. He really was trying to unify American change. Remember that change thing that was you know, voted into basically yeah, yeah. a mandate? Nothing really happens. Well, so you know, when uh, day one, when you have Mitch McConnell, who was a Senate minority leader at the time, saying our number one goal is to deny him a second term, which meant that he couldn't have any victories. I mean, he, he proposed legislation that originated in Republican think tanks that Republicans uh, previously had advocated, and he, and he went along, and they, 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 went, they voted against that. Stuff that came out of their own. So, yeah, he had, I mean, they weren't going to negotiate with him. They just developed this new strategy, which was they had Fox News and the echo chamber, and, and uh, they just, they were able to, you know, poor baby. And he wasn't, he wasn't like LBJ, you know. He wasn't like uh, where he knew where all the bodies were buried and stuff. So he couldn't, he, he had no recourse. Now's a good time to stop and kind of remind everyone that you're a political comedian. Is that fair to say? Yes. So your content's not going to skew towards fat chicks or fart jokes. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Which, for the record, is kind of where my head is right now. It's um, I'm always going to be an eight-year-old boy. Always going to be an eight-year-old boy. You'll come out with a top ten list. Arrested, arrested development. I think I, that's know, what we're talking about. I, I never watched the show. No? I've heard wonderful things. But I only have so much time in my life. I don't watch sitcoms. Okay. Because I, I live in comedy, you know, and I know, and I know a lot of the guys who are on the shows, or writing, or or showrunners. But I don't watch sitcoms. One sitcom I did watch was the one on HBO about Silicon Valley. Oh, did you? Yeah, that was pretty good. I think that's called Silicon Valley. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mike Judge. Yeah, yeah. I've got a great Mike Judge story that I'm gonna tell you off air. Oh, good. You can't. No, yeah. Involves, I, involves a prostitute. No, it doesn't involve a prostitute. I'm just teasing everyone. <laughs> just, just teasing everyone. And then we're going to come back with the, the top ten comedic news stories. And you're doing something at the end of the year. What's it called? And where can we find Wild Big about Big Fat Year at Kiss Off Comedy Show. Nine cities, ten shows. December 26th through January 3rd. Go to wilders.com for more. Thanks very much. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW.
You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I did tell the Mike Judge story off air. How was it, Will? Was it was it pretty good? It was it was uh, it was uh, I think more illuminating about you than about uh, Mike Judge. Okay, then we stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice having you in the studio. Um, yeah, I can't tell that one on air. No, no. So, top ten comedic news stories of 2014. Every year, you basically put together a list. And it could be a top 20 list. I mean, I see stories in here that, that aren't in here that should yeah, be in there. Yeah. Well, what do you got? Um, as far as uh, things that might be missing? Yes. I, Putin's in here, but he's in here tied towards the Winter Olympics. But, but you got to remember yeah. that the top 10 comedic okay. news stories of 2014 are different than the top 10 legitimate news stories of 2014. Well, I think the, the most fascinating story of Putin this year, like in John Stewart said it best, it's, it's weird – that we can see a world leader's nipples. <laughs> like, so there's a picture of Vladimir Putin on a horse, topless. So thus you could see his. Yes, his, his bare his, chest. His, his manly chest. chest, yes. And isn't John Stewart, right? Yeah, you never see a, a world leader's nipples. Yeah. yeah. Probably for good reason. Melina McCurry, actually. Who's that? Uh, she was a... a a, a Greek movie actress who okay. was in the Greek parliament for for a long time. But, you know, same thing with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because Schwarzenegger, you know, he was naked in a lot of, uh, naked from the waist up at least. Yeah. But, but And he was, uh, you know, a world leader. He was he was uh, the head of the uh, world's eighth largest economy. You know. We got to see his butt cheeks in Terminator. Yeah, yeah. So that's worthy of note. Or a stand-in. You remember he was a serial groper? I don't know if you know that, but um, like in his body building movie that came out in the 1970s or early 80s. Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. He was like, <laughs> he, he, he couldn't keep his hands to himself. So, and that translates or that transfers the story into Bill Cosby. Yeah, not a funny. One of, that, one of yours. Funny. That, I know. I know. The two comedians, one depression and he kills himself and the other uh, just uh, managed to destroy his career. And it's funny because... Have you met him? I shook hands with him once. That was it. I have a book with his signature in it. Did he ever try to give you a drink? No. Or a pudding. Do you believe any of this? Or... See, I'm at the point where I don't have enough... There's just not enough for me. Um, I'm damned if I do. Like, hey, this story's true. I'm damned if I don't. Like... Why are you (sighs) ignoring it? Yeah. It's... To me, it's just... It's so sensationalized and... If we can get some charges out of it, then I'm a little bit more. It's it's in. sexual assault, you know, yeah. and that's that's a that's a tough one. And when the number goes over twenty women, uh, perhaps including some some who seem to have a little bit of veracity, you know, a little bit of uh, yeah. So I I don't I don't know. It's a it's a shame that we you know people are taking down the Cosby Show and and canceling. Uh, tour dates, and uh, so, I mean, we're losing an icon, but it might be for the best if another person doesn't do it for fear of having this happen. That could be a good thing. It's a, it's a wild story because in America, we've become guilty first. Anything will stick. After charge. Um, yeah. If it's on Twitter, if it's on Facebook, it must be true. And uh, I'm not defending them. I'm not. I'm it just... 
it's he, he to be taken down that fast and that with that much spunk, it's pretty crazy. Um, and my advice was always like, just go away. If I'm him, I'm not getting on camera ever again. No, go to a rehab camp as everybody else does, and get get out of the news for two weeks. So your top ten comedic news stories of 2014. Yeah, he's not in it. No, no. Kim Kardashian's butt could be in it. What did you think of that? The picture. She was so proud of her butt. She had she had her butt front and center. Yeah. And she was looking over her shoulder, and her face was, "Look at my butt." <laughs> she was so proud. I thought it was a very funny shot. Um, and there was a, she put a champagne glass on it. <laughs> And she was pouring champagne over her shoulder into a champagne glass. Ah, I haven't seen that one. Yet. Oh, that's a good one. There's some pictures that some memes. It became a meme. Yeah, there's like 17 of them out there. Uh, various. And what's interesting is two years ago on a reality show, she's crying about how someone took a picture of her topless, and now she's just proudly flaunting it. Yeah. So I don't get it. And this guy over here, the producer, he thinks she's attractive. He thinks that that butt is attractive. I'm thinking. It's a little bit too big. It could take out a city. It's like the Godzilla remake. It could be against Kim Kardashian's butt. Right? Her, she could swing her butt and knock Godzilla over. <laughs> you and I have to get drunk, high, mood-altering substances, something from San Francisco, and write a movie script. <laughs> Kim Kardashian's butt. <laughs> okay, we're not here for that. Um, you know the torture story. I never got to this, but I always thought that was kind of interesting. Um. The thing that came out in the torturing, where we paid two psychiatrists $80 million to come up with torturing techniques, and they came up with rectal feeding, and I instantly went, I like it. <laughs> I like it. But but is is there nutritional value? Chewing is so much work. <laughs> <laughs> These guys copyrighted it. <laughs> oh, well. Rectal feeding from the men who brought you rectal feeding. <laughs> I can see General Mills coming out with a cereal <laughs> when you really don't have time to chew. <laughs> okay, uh, we got less than a minute. Let's plug your. Uh... <laughs> now that we've said uh, rectal feeding, <laughs> we can't go any lower. Yeah, let's segue into my little uh, my little show, the Big Fat Year End Kiss Off Comedy Show. Come to uh, spend New Year's Eve. San Jose Stage Company, two shows, one early, early, 7 o'clock and one at 10, which will traditionally end at New Year's. So go to Wilders.com. Yeah, it's Nine Cities, 10 shows, December 26th through January 3rd. Great way to end the year with a little relaxation, a little humor, a little laughter, as you can see. I'm using some of that myself. Take a break. <laughs> I'll be right back. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.